welcome to another episode of Income with Judith Amua. On today's episode, we are discussing the NSARS movement in Nigeria with our guest speaker, Kegel Amachi. Yankasa. I hope I said that right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Welcome, Kegel. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Judith. How are you? I'm good. How good. are you? Too? I'm doing okay. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to have you. I just thought that, you know, your voice is very unique. Thank you. And I always, because we always talk before about these things. Right. Um, when we're on campus, mm-hmm. I know that you're a good person to talk about this. Because you always talk about Nigeria. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. So I was like, sure, you know, that, let me get Kiko on this. So let's hear what he has to say. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just going to let you introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Okay. Um, all right. So hi, everybody. Um, uh, thank you so much, Judith, for having me um, today on your uh, podcast, your talk show. Um, my name is Wakego Amechi. You can call me Kego. The more Nigerian way to say my name is Wakego Amechi. Hey. So <laughs> that's a more cultural way to say it. But, you know, when we're over here, we got to, you know, just tone it down just a bit. Um, but thank you so much for having me. Um, a little bit about myself. Um uh, Judith, you and I met um, in college, undergrad, uh, we went to Rutgers University, yes. so we're part of the women's college, so I think that was how sort of our friendship started in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've been friends since then. I think we've, at some point, we've lived together, right? No, we lived in the same building. We lived in the same, okay. Because we we were always building. at my place, so I, and I don't think Yes, I and I knew all anymore. that was going on in your Yeah, place. yeah, okay, that's what, okay, that's what it was. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, um, let's see a little bit about myself. Um, so I graduated last year with my master's in healthcare administration. Um, I'm very passionate about different things. Um, politics is one of them. Well, healthcare is my first passion. <laughs> um, politics, you know, sort of um, is something that I'm passionate about too. And, you know, coming from Nigeria, there's a lot of injustice um, in our system and in our, in our governance. Um, so, you know, talking about things that have to do with uh, Nigeria, um, for example, the NSARS movement, which we're going to talk about today, is something that really hits home for me, and especially because I've experienced that, um, you know, firsthand. So I'm really excited about talking about this today. Oh, that's so good. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Um, and well, if you've been listening to my podcast, yeah. you already know that we always do an icebreaker okay. before we get into the topic uh-huh. because I like to make it positive yes. <laughs> in the beginning before we get into like some crazy issues that's going on. Yeah. So for today's icebreaker, I'm just going to do a pop quiz on Nigeria. Okay. Ooh. Let's see. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. Okay. <laughs> it's basic. It's only, it's more like me learning. <laughs> so, okay. That's so not so bad. Sweet. All right, let's see how much I know. (laughs) So, first question, how old is Nigeria? Mm, Let's see. (laughs) This is bad. (laughs) Okay, I know Nigeria um, clocked 50, like, a year or two ago. Oh, my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) Is it 50? Because I thought it was 60 years. Is it 60 already? Hold on. I think so. 1963. Because it was established 1963, right? Yeah. Oh, Lord. This is sad. <laughs> <laughs> you know how embarrassed I am? 
Okay. Nigeria is 60. Okay. Yes, Nigeria is 60. Okay, wow. great. Why did I say 50? Wow. I don't know. Maybe yeah. you thought 60. Yeah, but I, my just... ear. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We're learning. Yep. <laughs> it's so bad. It's, All right. it's okay. All right. So, second question um, What is the current population of Nigeria? Oh, mm. let me see. Take a wide guess. It's a big number. It is. Uh, let's see. I know it's an, that's almost two hundred million. Yes, right? two hundred. Yeah, because there's million yeah. people right there's now. There's a lot of there's a lot of us. Yeah, yeah. they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, we're everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, and it's um the most populous country yes. in Africa that's by far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, third question. Mm. How many ethnic or tribal groups are there in Nigeria? Hmm. So I know there are major ones. Um, so mm-hmm. let's maybe I'll just start with the um, major ones. So mm-hmm. um, I'm Igbo. So there's Igbo, Yoruba, and Hausa. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, in, in, in the major groups, we have like, you know, like the minor or minorities, I guess, um, if I could say. So my in my opinion, there are three major ones. Ibo, mm-hmm. Ibo Yoruba, um, Hausa. But then, you know, there's like the Middle Belt people, um, there's like Benin, Delta, mm-hmm. um, Edo, Ijo, uh, River State is another big one. But I think River State sort of falls under uh, it's sort of like Ibo-ish in a way to an extent, but then River mm-hmm. State too. Um, so I think from the the last research that I did one time, it was like there are 250 ethnic groups, but the three mm-hmm. major ones are Igbo, Hausa, and Yoruba, which, you know, is more popular. Right. Yeah. And then the other groups just fall yeah. under. Yeah, mm-hmm. they sort of fall, okay. yeah, they fall under, yeah. Because we have... That's major. Yeah. So we have like, um, we have the Fulani tribe. So the Fulani, mm-hmm. are, they're more like nomadic um, like they're, they're more of like a you know the nomadic population mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. Katoviera so they fall in the Hausa um, group. group yeah yeah you know at one point I was actually very confused because I always thought that they were one mm-hmm. and the same mm-hmm. and then I found out that they're different because sometimes you see people say Fulani Hausa yes yeah yeah they're actually different yeah um, yeah because yeah, their their like religious uh, belief systems you know sort of vary in a way so mm-hmm. the the houses are more Muslim. They're like strictly Muslim. Um, mm-hmm. The Fulanis they have like the Muslim side. Some of them, I guess, they don't really believe in anything. And then you have the people that do juju. What's the mm-hmm. people also do their own juju, and Yoruba have their own juju. So everybody, everybody has have their own juju. juju. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That one's mm-hmm. it. it's everywhere. Yeah, exactly. But, but it's everywhere. Yeah. All right. So last. Question. Okay. Who is the best Nigerian artist? Ooh, let's see. Oh, hmm. all right. So people swear by Whiskid. I think he's okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think he's okay. I don't think he's all that. People, people always say Burner Boy. I mean, I don't see the hype of it. Let me shut up. Some people come and fight me. Please don't fight me. <laughs> but if I had to go with um, my favorite Nigerian artist. I would say okay. I can't say flavor because then that would be that would be me being partial. I knew you were 
Yeah, well, I like I like Flavor just because a lot of his music and the words in his music resonate with me, and mm-hmm. he celebrates women. Um, right. Like for me, when it comes to like Nigerian music, some of the, a lot of the things I don't agree with is they sort of materialize women. Um, they talk mm-hmm. about women's bodies, and that's for like Davido. I mean, Davido has mm-hmm. good music, but it's just about you know, see Gobi money, see Gobi. This one, that one, Choma is Choma is fine, Choma is ugly. <laughs> but you know, I feel like flavor really, really goes into like the qualities of what being a woman is. And in my in wow. my culture, being as an evil woman, like yeah, mm-hmm. women are pretty, you know, and all this other stuff. But they really, really focus on the values of a true woman, like you know, the values of true woman womanhood. Um, you know, like you know, certain qualities really, really make you stand out as a woman you know how Mm -hmm. you carry yourself you know like in my culture women's education is really big so you never like come to an evil family where the parents don't educate the daughters because they don't want you you know not knowing what the hell's going on around you excuse my language (laughs) but but um but you know like yeah so flavor by by far i think it's my best is the best to me yeah because i like the way he like the way he talks about women it's like it just makes you feel even more better about yourself. It's like, yeah, I'm all that and some more. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. All right. There's actually a recent song. Mm-hmm. I don't know how recent okay. it is or if it was mm-hmm. old, but it's by Techno. Okay. And it's actually called Woman. And I love it mm-hmm. so much for the same reasons that okay, you're I have saying to go listen to it's that. so uplifting. Okay, I have to go listen to that. You said techno, right? Okay, yeah, I have to listen techno. To it. It's called okay. Woman. Okay, I don't know the melodies, so I can't <laughs> sing it for you. But <laughs> Oh, because I just recently discovered okay. it, and I, it's been on right ever since. Oh, okay. I have to go check this out. But it's so okay. good. This is nice. Yeah. is good though, because you know what's funny? I was actually gonna say, you know, I was gonna mention his name too, but I was like, nah, flavor. <laughs> but <Tech-Lo's laughs> good. And I also love like the native like influences in flavor uh-huh. songs. Yep, it's very yes. culturally it's very, very yes, evil. Yes, and I love. Which is always. I love my evil. Yes, yes, I know. The colors, the way they dress, the you know, the, the way they body, dance, the, dance, the beads. Ooh. Mm. And it's it's just yeah. like it's like it portrays natural beauty. You know, people yeah. walk around in their natural hair. I mean, sometimes every now and then they have the weave situation going on. But you know, mm-hmm. you see you see women in their natural beauty. It's amazing to me. That's yeah. good. That's really good. All right, thanks, no Kago. You <laughs> Thank you. you Thank passed. you. Don't worry. Those were some good <laughs> In the beginning, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> you definitely got four oh, out of good. four. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go into today's okay. topic, which is um, a very heavy right. topic, but it's an important mm-hmm. conversation that needs yes. to be had. Um, I think last week on my podcast, I had um, another mm-hmm. guest speaker. Her name is Manya. We touched a bit on the NSTARS right. movement okay. last week. Um, but I thought that it would be best to wait to really go in depth okay. with you because I know that you, you've you experienced mm-hmm. it. You've lived right. there. I think you lived there before yes. um, coming here for yeah, high school. So, right? Yeah, so I've talked about that. Okay, so I, I was born in Nigeria. I was born in... I was actually... Okay, don't judge. I was born in the village <laughs> because... <laughs> No, that's not here. <laughs> so I was born in the village because um, my parents had, okay, my mom was pregnant with me. My parents had, went, mm-hmm. I, they went home to um, visit my grandma in the village for Christmas. 
Um, and so usually when they travel for Christmas, they travel like the 24th of December and they come back by the second week of January. So my mom was pregnant. Mm-hmm. They didn't think I was going to be born around, you know, that time. But January 5th, I came into the world. And that was because of that, I was born in the village. Um, so after that, you know, after the whole Christmas thing, went back to River State, which which is where my family lived in, um, Potakot. Potakot is one of the biggest cities um, in Nigeria. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I grew up in Potakot. I was there for 13 years. Um, did my schooling, all that stuff for 13 years. And then I moved to the U.S. Um, so for a good amount mm-hmm. of time, um, you know, in Nigeria, I, you know, I was I was pretty mature in a way so I was able to remember a lot of the things that happened uh good bad right. and ugly um and you know I experienced some police brutality you know traveling with my parents and things like that so yeah it's pretty mm-hmm. interesting stuff mostly sad but interesting yeah yeah but you know these experiences they yes. shape yes, us yes for know? sure they make mm-hmm. us who we are well yeah. I'm glad I'm really happy to thank have you, you. So thank, you. <laughs> thank you thank you yeah um, okay, so right now I'm just gonna go through like a timeline okay. of events on and a little historical right. background mm-hmm. on the Antarctic movement, so that we are all okay. fully aware of oh, what's good. going on. So, so in early October, nationwide protests calling for the disbanding of the Special Anti-Robbery mm-hmm. Squad, aka the Stars, broke out right. in Nigeria after reports that the unit had allegedly shot and killed a young man in the Nigeria South Mm -hmm. Delta state and there was no consequences for those officers and um, from what I've learned there was the actual original SARS was created in 1984 and it was to combat the increase in armed robberies and crimes in Lagos and but however since like they started there have always been abuse of I mean reports of abuse Mm -hmm. of power and instead of like from what I've, I, I understand, instead of actually protecting and serving mm-hmm. the people, they've become the opposite of what they have, they were right. created to do. And they're the mm-hmm. ones rather, you know, wreaking right. havoc yes. on people and extorting mm-hmm. people, especially mm-hmm. the young ones. Um, that was actually interesting that they targeted right. young people mm-hmm. mostly and that they are causing like right. torture, extortion, mm-hmm. they're creating unlawful right. imprisonments, they're murdering people amongst other host of um, human right. rights violations. And apparently, which is um, something I didn't know, but it's come to mm-hmm. the forefront now, the NSARS hashtag actually dates back as far as yes. 2017. And between that and today, there's been 82 reported cases of human mm-hmm. rights violations. And um, despite previous attempts to disband mm-hmm. the group, it has remained in power until... Yes. recently which is October mm-hmm. 11th where the governor or I think the head of the police unit mm-hmm. union announced the disbanding of the right. unit and then on October 2020 um October 20th mm-hmm. 2020 the military allegedly they barricaded the protest right. site in Lakey and cut off yes. the electricity yes. and cameras and yes. opened fire on, on mm-hmm. protesters killing at least mm-hmm. 12 people yeah. It's a lot. So, so I wanted to know what are your thoughts on everything that's going on in Nigeria? I mean, honestly, um, I'm going to say this and I, it probably sounds like it's probably going to be a shock to a lot of people, but I'm not surprised that, you know, this is going on in Nigeria. Um, it's been going on for mm-hmm. a long time, for decades now. Um, 
I mean, to the rest of the world, this might look like something new. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, just to like, you know, bring it home for us here in the U.S., just like police brutality has been going on for several decades now. And, you know, when we have right. um, one horrifying, you know, case, then, you know, we have all these movements that go on. And, you know, after a couple mm-hmm. of weeks, months, everything fizzles away and people sort of go back to their, their regular day today. But these are all underlying issues that have been going on for decades um, and Nigeria is no exception. Police brutality has been going on for way too many um, years now. People haven't done much about it. Um, I know a lot of mm-hmm. civilians have fought for, you know, just regular human rights. You know, just <laughs> give people the chance to live their lives peacefully. Um, yeah, Nigeria right. might not be the safest place to live in because, there, you know, some people that cause um, harm to, you know, their fellow human beings. People choose to be end mm-hmm. robbers and all this other stuff. But when you put when you when you, when you have a unit like um, SARS, who are supposed to be the good guys, putting a stop to what the bad guys are doing, but they in turn become the bad guys, and now they're worse mm-hmm. because with SARS, it's not just you know they're cause they're causing roadblocks or creating roadblocks. You know they don't they, they don't just stop people and you know extort money from them or extort goods from them. They kill people, and now you know i know you did uh you know give some statistics on the numbers of people that have been killed in the past couple of weeks you know what led up to the um current protests mm-hmm. that are going on now but those are numbers that are doc- you know those are the cases that were documented what about the cases that you don't see right you get what i mean cuz exactly. nigeria had a lot of inner city roads people are always traveling from state to state and you will, I'm telling you, so they call them checkpoints in Nigeria, which is so useless to me because I don't know what they're checking, honestly. But you see, <laughs> you see these men sometimes in, you know, in their camouflage uniform, sometimes they don't have any uniforms on, they just wear whatever, but they're carrying this massive guns like they're going to war. And I'm like, this is like, what, what, what are you really trying to do? You get what I mean? They stop you. Like, as a, mm-hmm. as, a, as a citizen, you're abiding by the law. You're going your own way, minding your business. They stop you. Oh, Oga, open up your car. Open up your boots. So they call the trunk of the car boots. Open your boots. Mm-hmm. You open your trunk. They go in there and look, see a couple of shoes. Oh, why they carry this shoe? Where they go? You know, all this, like, unnecessary questions. You And then, mm-hmm. God forbid, you say one thing they don't like. Oh, yeah, come down. Turn off your motor car. Come down. Sometimes they, they take they, mm-hmm. they can take your car away. And like you mentioned, they target young people. So if you're a young person and you have dreads in Nigeria, it's already a problem mm-hmm. with SARS. Wow. You know, so not only are they stopping you, but the dreads that you have already is a turnoff to them. So they're they're automatically gonna, mm-hmm. you know, put you in a box. Okay, this guy is a, he's probably a criminal, he's probably an arm robber, he's probably stolen this mm-hmm. stuff. You know, and then God forbid they're driving the luxurious car. That's a problem. If you have an expensive watch, well, you're a thief. You have an iPhone, you're mm-hmm. a criminal. You probably just, you know, robbed somebody. Da, 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 da. But it's like all this necessary stuff. But in the beginning, SARS, were, the, the point of SARS is to protect the civilians. But mm-hmm. I don't think at any point they actually did that. Because a majority of wow. the crime cases that go on and the unnecessary killing of civilians in Nigeria is as a result of SARS. Yes. Wow. Um, I'm honestly, I am very, I was mm, very shocked yeah. about everything that I've been mm-hmm. hearing and reading because, you know, I mean, even though I grew up in Ghana right. for a little bit, I was mm-hmm. very young and I came here okay. at a very young age. And it's not that corruption is not something right. that we are aware of when mm-hmm. it comes to police force, but 
when we think about it, we think about it mostly in terms mm. of like bribery. Oh, you know, they stop you. You mm-hmm. put out your hand money, and yeah, give them right. the money, right? Oh, they check your stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, all these mm-hmm. unnecessary mm-hmm. stuff that they make just right. to like mm-hmm. harass people right. and extort you. And I was talking to a friend about it. I was like, you know, we mm-hmm. see this in movies yeah. a lot. Normal. And we think yeah. it's funny. Oh, oh yeah. God, give me yeah. this. Oh, God, give me that. And it, we, we mm-hmm. make jokes about it, but it's actually a very it's yes. a deeper yes. issue right. than what we mm-hmm. see. And it's very mm-hmm. unfortunate, you know, because when I, I mean, stopping and harassing people for money, mm-hmm. it, it's just, um, I feel like it's a deeper symptom right. of something else that's yep. going government a messed up system yeah and i was wondering why is it that they target people based on specific looks because i was reading that um a lot of it also escalated during like um a time in nigeria where there was like a lot of cyber security crimes and basically i guess if you have a computer (laughs) or a phone they assume that you're being an yes, internet yeah. So um, there was a there was a time where um, so I, I don't know if you, if you if you've heard about the term Yahoo Boys, Yahoo Boys. Okay, Yahoo so there was a time yeah, when yeah. you know being a Yahoo Boy was the career path for a lot of young Nigerians. And again, it's not their fault because the system doesn't provide you know um, opportunities for people to work to further their careers after school. Mm-hmm. Like you see people who have doctorates degrees and they're hawking on the street selling pure water selling granite, selling bread. Mm-hmm. So the system is so messed up. Like they don't provide, you know, just regular services that people need to survive. So, I mean, yeah, being a Yahoo boy is not a good thing or whatever, because you're, you're, you're stealing from yeah. people. But it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a product of a broken system. Um, and I say that because mm-hmm. if someone, because again, my, my people in Nigeria are very smart. Like, again, and another, another reason why they target the youth is because you have the youths who go to, um, you know, they go to junior secondary, they go to senior secondary, they, they come out, they go to the universities, mm-hmm. um, which we call college over here. You know, they graduate, mm-hmm. they've got all these degrees, all this knowledge. They want to grow. People want to grow. People want to move right. forward in their career. They have family members who are depending on them. They need money. And Nigeria is not a, a cheap place to live in either. So when you when mm-hmm. you know when you don't provide services for your youth, um, who's supposed to be the future of the um, nation to move forward, of course you're gonna find innovative ways to make money to fend for their to fend for their families right. to, to fend for their, their parents their siblings. So Yahoo Boys became a thing. So with yeah, be, be, being a Yahoo Boy, obviously phones are very um, <laughs> you, you need a phone. <laughs> it's, it's an important device <laughs> that you need to you know do your to do to do your business. To run your market <laughs> so so you know they need phones in the computer so automatically if you're driving in a car and they see you with a computer in the back that's a problem you put it in the trunk they're still going to stop you and ask you to open your trunk so they'll find it so automatically when they see those you know just like certain certain things to them i guess to these stars people you know it's 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 just like a, a like a, a trigger it just triggers you know something in them that mm-hmm. okay this person is a yahoo boy or this girl is a yahoo girl or you know this this boy steals if they see that you have dreads they look at you as a wayward person yeah so right. i know in, in america that might not be you know um a thing but in nigeria yeah in nigeria walking around with dreads is a problem like your parents will tell you you can't have dreads and i mean to the kids in my come up as oh my mother hates me my father hates me that's not what it is because most of the time they're trying to protect you so that when these idiots see you on the road, 
they don't shoot you because you have on dreads right because yeah it's true because mm-hmm. i've seen that like you know it's like oh you must yes. have your hair yes. very low yeah let me tell proper. you so going back to when i was in uh, nursery school in nigeria so i'm thinking maybe nursery school in nigeria is like preschool in america yeah i think that's that's mm-hmm. the equivalent yes. um so coming to school um we couldn't have certain hairstyles you could only control your hair. Mm-hmm. You can't put uh, extensions or attachment, as we call it, in your hair. Um, you couldn't mm-hmm. put uh, colorful beads in your hair. Um, at a point when you get to junior secondary school, whether you go to a public or a private school, they actually you to cut all your hair off, women and men. So there's all this, like, mm-hmm. you know, they have all these stupid restrictions that at the end of the day, it doesn't really add value to people's lives. So... So all this right. all this craziness is already embedded in our system from a very young age. So this is not just something that starts, oh, because you're a youth, you know, mm-hmm. you can't have your hair, you have to cut your head, da, da, da. It started from a really, really young, you know, age. So people walk around, so they see you, like, okay, for me, for example, me, when I came to America, I know this sounds really bad, but I'm going to get it and say it. When I came to America, like, when I see people with dreads, mm-hmm. I'm like, uh-uh, your mother did not tell you to cut this thing out of your head. You look unkept. <laughs> And that's what I used to think to myself. But but then when these people like, you know, come up to you, they help you with stuff, they teach you. It's like, oh my gosh, he's really smart. Mm-hmm. Like the dreads, the dreads doesn't do, right. you know, to add or remove from this individual. Right. You know, so because of it took me it, I mean, it took me a couple of years to really shift from that mindset of, oh, if you don't look a certain way, then you're not somebody. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? And it's really sad right. because that's really the way we were sort of trained and nurtured in Nigeria. Because even with my mom and my dad, okay, for example, <laughs> let me actually bring it home. So last night I was talking to my sister. So she's trying to do her hair. She's going to do blonde braids. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her. I'm like, have you okay. spoken to your father about this color of hair? And she asked me, she was like, why do I need to ask daddy about this color of hair? I'm like, because you know what he's going to say. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm the one that's going to do mm-hmm. the braids, it's going to point back to me as an older sister because then he'll be like, you're older than her. Did you not see a problem with this? Why would you do this color of hair for her? Mm-hmm. Why did you not ask her to ask me first? So, I mean, like, so, I mean, okay. So, mm-hmm. when she said that, I was like, yeah, like, why does she need to go ask him about the color of hair she's going to do is her head? But, again, that's already, like, right. something that's sort of, like, been imprinted, you know, unconsciously, subconsciously right. in your head. And it's just like, you sort of live, live, you know, just, you know, sort of follow those principles on a daily. And unless you make the conscious mm-hmm. effort to actually break out of it, it stays with you for a long time. And so, like, when things like right. this happen and then there's, like, movements like the NSARS movement, this um, protest against police mm-hmm. brutality all over the world, actually, not just in Nigeria, you know, it really, it starts shaking, you know, people's belief. It starts, you know making people question a lot of mm-hmm. things you know it makes people question okay why do i do this why do i think this why am i this way you know mm-hmm. so it, i it's 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 really it's crazy it's really crazy it's actually quite amazing to me that these are all technically yes. a means to yep. survive that's that's really what it is basically because it's like you're just trying yeah. to present yourself mm-hmm. in a way where you won't be right yeah attraction attraction yeah good bad for Mm -hmm. them to harass yeah but then the thing also is when you're overtly dressed in nigeria they still question you you know if you're okay let's say you're driving the car you're passing you're you're passing a road that's not a highway you're dressed in a suit 
mm-hmm. you know, you have a car, let's say, you know, nice suit, nice car. It doesn't have to be anything flashy, mm-hmm. honestly. Just the fact that you're put together, they stop you. Okay, where did they go? Why they dress like this? But you're dressed well. Mm-hmm. Your hair is cut. You're not wearing raggedy clothes. Right. You don't have a camouflage, so you don't look like an undercover police. Because in Nigeria, you can't wear camouflage if you're not a, if you're not in the police system. If you're not an army, you're not a police. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to wear camouflage. So if you if you wore camouflage and they caught you, that's another crime on its own. You not only will you pay serious money, you could be arrested. That opens you right. up for chances to be, you know, harassed, um, assaulted by the police, mm-hmm. killed, women get raped, crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's wow. like you don't like it's, it's it's sort of like what do I do <laughs> to be able to survive in a country like Nigeria? Right. Do I? Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask, like, what is the normal level of education for these police, Girl, please. these officers? What education? <laughs> Because I'm thinking if somebody has some level of education, they would know that these things the aren't same, um, associations right. with people that have money, but just like somebody just the wanted same to way. look nice. Or that you mm-hmm. have nice things doesn't mean that right. you're doing criminal behavior. The, the same way America gives guns to people who come, who, you know, are deployed or whatever from service. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the same way Nigeria gives guns to people whichever way they want. Yeah. Anyone who <laughs> reports just show some sort of interest. <laughs> Probably be just be a little, you know, crazy a little bit. Don't don't care too much. Don't be too emotional. You know, be able to carry a gun, shoot oh, wow. people at any time, kill people at any time. Those are, in my head, those are the requirements because a lot of them are not even educated. A lot of them cannot have conversations mm-hmm. with you. Like they're not able to like communicate. Oh, wow. So you coming up to them and speaking English is already a threat. Because they say that, oh, you think you're better than okay. me? Oh, I'll go show you. Then they have a gun. So you don't have a gun. <clears throat> they have this massive weapon mm-hmm. in your hand. Like, they're going to fight World War Three. And, and these, these are, are like, yes. small little weapons either. Exactly. These are, like these are not rifles. small weapons. This is serious assault. That's why I said it's almost like they're starting World War Three. Like, yeah. Like, military. Yeah, like yeah. Military and then another brain. thing is, they have, um, my, my father calls them armored vehicles. I don't know what that means. But, you know, you know how they have the combat, like, um, vehicles or whatever? The tanks. Sometimes the tanks. they carry those tanks with them. And they just park it on the side of the road and they stand and just linger and they see you coming. Oh, I stop there. I'm so, exactly. That's so, when so you see them already, if, you, if you're not hiding anything, that fear alone just sort of takes over you. And you're in, you're in complete panic mode because it's mm-hmm. literally you, and maybe somebody that's driving the the car, and then seven other people with all these assault rifles, and you're like, is it is am I am I gonna okay. die here? Is this it? It's so scary. I, I I had a friend who traveled a couple of years ago to Nigeria. She made the mistake of wearing camouflage shirt. Maybe her parents didn't tell her she can't walk around like that, but that was a problem. Mm-hmm. And then she tried to go to the market to go shop. And then she has all this cash on her. I'm like, where do you think you're going to? Because you're really... So when she came and was telling me her experience, I'm like, that's how you get killed. Because you can't, you, can't, you can't do that. I mean, I know because I grew up there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Even when I came here, people were wearing camouflage everywhere. I'm like, oh, oh, you're real fancy over here. You're just walking around, camouflage <laughs> hoodies. And it'd be like, like you know, like it's because in Nigeria, like even if even if yeah, like in Nigeria, if, even if you walk camouflage, maybe a little bandana and you try to tuck it in a bit, 
um, maybe a hat, you know, not like, you know, too overt, like a hoodie. So seeing people in camouflage hoodies, sweatshirts, sneakers, I'm like, oh, these people are bold, you know? So it, it like, it mm-hmm. took me a while to sort of like shift my mindset and be like, wow, this is crazy. You know, so having, so having experienced right. Nigeria and seeing what has happened in America, honestly, to an extent, there are a lot of similarities with the police brutality there are a lot of similarities because people are like oh this is only happening in nigeria because nigeria is a third world country no because the same thing or worse is happening in the u.s and america don't they don't consider themselves as third world countries in in their head but right i think it's it is there there are a lot of similarities like how you ask me what's the qualification to be a surgeon or be a mm-hmm. be part of the police force in Nigeria. There, there are really no qualifications. Like if you just come out of school, and another thing is, ugh, I'm not gonna say this because mm-hmm. it's probably gonna get me in trouble. But we can talk about it later, <laughs> you and I, because I don't want anybody to come out attacking me. <laughs> but you know, it's just it's crazy. It's crazy. No qualifications, no sort of training. You know, no consequences for actions. That's another thing that messes up Nigerian government because you have people in power. Yeah who have the worst motive. And for me, like, like for me, when, when people do things, I'm looking at your motive, you know, like what's the reasoning behind, mm-hmm. you know, this action that you've, you've, you've sort of done. Um, for example, the, what, like what happened October 20th, um, this year with, you know, with them turning off the surveillance yes. cameras, those things were premeditated. It wasn't just something cause they're making it seem like, Oh, this is yes. something happened. So in Nigeria, yes. we have this thing where they call it NEPA. Um, America, well, New Jersey here, we do PSENG. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. all over, but yeah. So we do PSENG. Mm-hmm. Our own in Nigeria is NEPA. Okay. So NEPA takes lights. Sometimes the lights will just go up, <laughs> just go up completely. You'll be watching your favorite movie <laughs> and the lights will oh, go up. You know? We have the same so thing in Ghana. They are trying to make you seem like, oh, NEPA took light. But NEPA did not take light because they will never let NEPA take light mm-hmm. at their toll gates. That's what's bringing in billions of naira for them in a week. They're not gonna shut that down. Right. So for the, for that to happen, this this all this stuff was all premeditated. And then literally, when the surveillance cameras go off, mm-hmm. you're you know throwing tear gas, you're shooting people like like they're not human beings. Yeah, because mm-hmm. actually I read that um, people were saying that they saw yes. the tanks yes. rolling up yes. to the protest sites. They saw them, and then they saw them barricading right. the protest They were caging so them in. So they were in. literally yeah. caging them in. Mm-hmm. And then they and cut they off the shooting. lights and the cameras. Open fire, and then they like opened fires in midair. So I'm like, that alone, the military cannot no. act on its own. But no, definitely not. Because I'm sure the president is definitely involved in this in a lot of ways. And then as a, as a leader of a nation, it took him, what, three days when, when a massacre like this happens, it, three whole days to say something? Really? Very little. Like, what, very little. what actually is his job? You know? Like, you're employed to protect the, civ- the, the civilians of a nation. Something like this happens. We don't hear anything in the mm-hmm. first hour, the second hour, third hour. The first days passed. People are going crazy on social media. The world is raging. And then on the third day, you want to come and just make one right. sentence and be like, oh, everybody be okay. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But I think that goes back to a lot world. of leadership mm-hmm. in, the, um, in the world today. 
it's like they're supposed mm. to be the ones to serve the people themselves. But oh yeah essence, of course. they're really serving themselves of course and it seems like a lot of them just pocketing yeah. someone, someone, money someone. for themselves and that's a big mm-hmm. issue all, oh, yeah. all across someone the african continent me, um, there was this thing in the news um it's about nigeria supplying electricity to chad I know this is like off topic, but I'm like, wait, what? We don't even have like in Nigeria. If your light stays steady for two hours, that's an abomination. Mm-hmm. It's I'm telling you, if the light wow. stays steady for two hours, you better start asking God what's happening. Is the world about to end? But then here we are supplying electricity. I'm not sure there are other nations that we supply electricity to the same way we give our oil and gas and our fuel mm-hmm. to everybody else. But in the nation, we don't have any. Right. And you have these politicians who send their children across the world to go study away from all the trauma and the chaos that they're gonna, exactly that they're gonna you know exactly. commit. So their kids are far away, their families are far away, so they're not impacted by any of this. But then you have other people who you're supposed to protect, and you literally just you you. You treat the kids like they're, they're garbage. You treat human beings like they're not human beings, like they're animals. And that's one of the things I always say. If you're not willing to trust your mm. or put your child's education Just, um, yeah. mm. in the education mm-hmm. system that you have created, it that's is. a problem. If you can't even trust your own educational system that you have to Let send your child you. outside of the country, to be educated exactly. or you have to go outside of the country to be there, receive yeah, I, I'm telling you, like, and this is, oh, I'm sure this is 100% factual, <laughs> 100%. There are no politicians whose kids go to school in Nigeria. I'm not kidding. Even the rich mm-hmm. men, their kids don't go to school in Nigeria yeah. because they know what the system is yeah. about. So my thing is, if we've elected yeah. you to be our leader, why can't you go ahead and make that positive change? Make the make make right. the system conducive, make the environment conducive, not just for you, but for everybody else. Exactly, because I mean these things I can imagine that these SARS officers oh, yeah. it affects both the poor and the rich mm-hmm. because yeah. you have nice stuff too. It's a problem. And if yeah, they see matter. you, it's not oh, yeah. it, it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter unless you have some kind of name. And I think because people are asking, Oh, why are they targeting the youth? They're targeting the youth because like a lot of youth in Nigeria now don't just sit down and not do anything. If there are no jobs, people go ahead and implement jobs. Mm-hmm. People find ways to make things happen. Technology in Nigeria is booming now because mm-hmm. people are being innovative. You mm-hmm. have all these smart kids with all this education, all this experience, all these ideas to create great things. And they're willing to put, you know, put a maximum effort to achieve something greater for themselves in the generation. And instead of the nation to support it, Oh, this one, Ayahu boy, kill him. And then you just end someone's child. That's 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 right. that's a whole future right there just ended. Like the the um the guy that you know that he killed before this whole protest the the whole protest uh, started. It's like that guy was trying to make a life for himself and his family. But they've ended that. So right. not 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 only are the family experiencing a loss of you know a child or family member. But that's a loss of a source of income. You know, a way out of poverty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I was wondering, like, because mm-hmm. we talked about the lack of education, mm-hmm. right. the ego that they have mm-hmm. because they have mm-hmm. these military military grade weapons. And I was wondering, because looking at like the economic 
um, economic situation in Nigeria, I read that as wealthy as the country is, the amount of wealth in the country is concentrated in the hands of very few people because about close to 70% of the population lives below the poverty line. And more than 40% of the population, which Mm -hmm. are people under the age of 30, are facing chronic unemployment. So it's like, I wonder if that also the harsh reality of the economic situation is also what's prompting these officers to also act out in a way. Join the police force. Like honestly, because Mm -hmm. I think okay, think about it this way: someone goes, you know, in in Africa, education to us is like king, like (laughs) it's everything, you know. Everything. It's sort of like your meal ticket out of poverty. I know. Not just for yourself, for your family. So. To be Wait, that's what it's intended mm-hmm. to be, but even when no you job. go and to school where, and you come out, the there's no jobs. Because then you have okay in Nigeria after after you're done with university, um, you're expected to serve the nation for a year. So there's this thing called um they call it I know they, they call mm-hmm. it youth, yeah, NYSC, youth coppers, NYSC. that's what they call the individuals. Um you go, you serve for a year, they give you some sort of a stipend if they feel like it. Um, sometimes because they still, the, they don't pay the students, so they choose to strike. So that one year could become three years, but you serve a nation that at, at the end of the day is not willing to serve you. And so because of that, you have people who, okay, mm-hmm. I'll just go sign and join the police force, you know, and that joining the police force to them is not, they're, they're not joining it because they want to serve their nation. They're joining it because they figured, well, they've been good all these mm-hmm. years and it didn't pay off. So might as well join the other gang and do what you got to yeah. do to make it, you know? So they join mm-hmm. and when they join, uh, the system has already been corrupted for years. So it, is it, is it one man that's going to make all this change? They join and they just, you know, fall into all the craziness yeah. already going on and, you know, they fit right in and the, you know, the police brutality that's keeps growing um, like I know they said uh, they, you know, with the whole NSARS thing, they, they've ended the SARS unit but they started the SWAT unit. And SWAT is a special weapons and taxes yes. committee. Right, but my thing is, the, yeah. it's not about the name. That's one thing Nigeria doesn't understand. It's not about the name. It's literally the same people who wear SARS mm-hmm. are being employed as SWAT. Mm-hmm. So that mentality is still there. That yes. wickedness is still there. You know, those wrong deeds are still there. Changing the name is not going to solve the problem. It's like saying, oh, my child's name is Johnny. Johnny doesn't like brushing his hair. And because of that, it makes him look crazy. So I'll change his name to Tom. But Tom is not brushing his hair either because it's the same person. (laughs) Changing the name isn't going to fix the problem. Exactly. You need to fix the underlying issues first. And that's one thing Nigeria doesn't do. We just, we try to cover things surfacely level and call it. For example, now I know like one of the things that Nigerian government tends to do is when things like this like happen, you know, what the government do is they sort of release a little bit of money into the economy a bit. So things become just a tad bit, you know, mm-hmm. stable in a way. People are able to make just a little bit more money. Because of that, there's less pressure. Yes. So it's it's like there's less pressure so on them. So they're more relaxed. You know, then they then they, they don't focus too much on the mm-hmm. on all the wrongs or, or any more of the government. Or they don't focus on, you know, the, mm-hmm. the mishaps in the community. You know, they just yeah. relax a bit. And after a while, everything goes back to crazy. And then we have another issue again come up. And that's one thing I've also, I read that all the <laughs> food that they were supposed to give out. So there's this big warehouse where they stored 
all the well not all of it but a lot of the food that was supposed to you know be distributed within the community during covid that it never distributed expired a lot of people eat it they're hungry girl forget about expired when hunger catches people mm-hmm. you eat what you see so people were able to break into yeah. those warehouses and they started distributing those food among, you know among the community and I'm like, why are they storing the food like that? Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be dispersed among people. People, It's supposed to be consumed. But you have people walking around hungry, right. homeless, and all the resources that they need. Yes, exactly. In the pandemic, pandemic. And all the resources that they need are just stored in a warehouse. Like, what's the, what's, what's the point of that? It is. Because it, I'm like, oh, this is corruption. No, no. I mean, yeah, it's corruption, but there's an underlining level of wickedness. It's really, really like, it's so bad. That, that's just, that's just being just wicked. Cause it's not like, it's like, you don't care about your fellow human. Mm-hmm. It's like, you've looked at a person, they don't look human enough for you. So you choose not to help them. You choose not to save them. Yeah. Because it's like, to me, it's like yep. a blatant disregard for human life. How can you store that yes, amount of food? Yeah. Meanwhile, you know mm-hmm. people are hungry mm-hmm. and unemployed, yep. unable to work, and the food is just sitting there going bad. And someone told me they're waiting for the next election to distribute the food, but the next election but that's, is like, but that's, but that, but that's what they do. It, many that's years what they do. Now. When the election starts, whoever is you know um, trying to get people's vote in that community, they take that food and go, oh, this person came and shared rice for this community. This person came and gave beans to this community. This person gave yams to this community. This person gave mm-hmm. oil to this community. Therefore, this community is going to vote for this person. But again, people are thinking this, you know, this this candidate is investing their money in the community. No, this is the community's own resources mm-hmm. that they've held for years. And now that they need the community, they're going to give right. what belongs to the community back to the community just to get what they want. And at the end of the day, the keep the, the the rich keeps getting rich and the poor stay right where they are. Right. It is. It's like it's a it little is. bit of manipulation. It it is. It's manipulation just, for both. It's so disheartening. It's sad. But yeah, because mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm glad you touched on like the oh, yeah. rebranding of SARS to SWAT. <laughs> right. Because yeah. now it's special I'm, weapons. I think the weapons tactics. they have is I'm not like, enough. <laughs> they decided it embedded it in the name. Yes, I'm like, what was the weapons they had before? Because Those people, were still okay, so for like in, for me in America, when we hear SWAT, we're thinking you can. This is about to be something serious. Like you know, they're about to be killing people. But my thing is, when yes. they were not SWAT, they were killing people. You know, now that they're SWAT, what is that? What are they about to do? Is mm-hmm. my concern. Like, what are they about to do? I don't understand. Because I heard, um, I read that, right. you know, there have been several mm-hmm. attempts mm-hmm. to disband yes. this group over the no. years. No, actually, so they, none of them have they, really they tried to disband it. Well, they said they did disband the group, but for some reason, 2018, they came back. 2018, people people made noises. They disbanded. Now, you've seen 2020. We've had NSARS. Now I'm guessing maybe they figured to shut the civilians up. Let's just make it. Let's just change the name. But mm-hmm. it's the same people. I I I, I was listening yeah. to this uh, news Al Jazeera, and um, it talked about how one of the top sergeants for the SARS um, unit is now even at a higher rank with the SWAT 
unit. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Again, really? corruption just going out of hand. Rewarding them for what exactly Basically for rewarding what for, what, for all the wrongs that they've been doing. And and that's the part that I don't get no, because there's no, literally exactly. no accountability and that's or consequences what for these officers. When there's no consequences for, for actions. Because if you think about police brutality, not just only in Africa, not just with what's going on mm-hmm. in Congo, but think about, okay, America here. With police brutality, there are no consequences of for course. what people do. In Nigeria, it's the same thing. They're not because the because the police know that mm-hmm. if they do this, their government is gonna back them up. The government is not gonna back the civilians up. They don't care about the civilians. They're only protecting mm-hmm. their quote unquote their own. So there are no consequences. At this point, I can only say that it, it is, is state sanctioned murder mm-hmm. because if you refuse yeah. to do anything about it, then you are complicit. Yes. You are an accomplice, and that means you yeah. are part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Because I remember, um, I remember I was reading that in 2017 right. when the NSARS yeah. hashtag um, started, they signed an yeah. uh, anti-torture act, and in an mm. attempt to prosecute cases of human rights abuses. But reports say that no officer has ever been prosecuted or charged. And then in 2018, they, um, what did they do? They I think uh, the vice president demanded that they stop the stop and search raids and they established a federal human rights um, desk to address violations. But between 2018, 2017 and now, there's been 82 reported cases and nobody has been penalized cases. for it. it the, yeah. The unreported minus, cases right, the unreported are what cases. concerns me even more because you have... Like all these areas that are underdeveloped, mm-hmm. who's going there to go report any cases? But do you know how people get killed over there? Right. Like I said, I used to I used to travel with my um, mom because yeah. she used to go. She told she had a she had a, a a large shop, but she would travel to another state to shop for goods, and then those goods would get delivered the next week to her. You know, to her to her larger shop. Um, that travel used to be just mm-hmm. a nightmare because. She would just I, if once once they stop the the okay it's a bus so the bus picks people up just like how people catch like the greyhound and you're traveling to another state or whatever the bus would pick people up from one state mm-hmm. and in that transporting maybe let's say you're transporting for about two hours you can get stopped eight times now in the eight times that you get stopped the SARS people they don't just talk to the the driver or the conductor of the bus. They walk into the bus and they harass the passengers on the bus. So they're extorting money from the driver. They're extorting money from the conductor, probably slapping them to an event. And you'd see young boys who are the SARS people, but because they have this massive weapon in their hands, they're slapping the bus drivers who could be their fathers. Ah, give me your money, Oga. Let it play with me. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. Just, you know, abusing people. And then you have the ones that get on the bus and their eyes are red. You can tell. Because and then, another thing that people fail to mention when they're discussing SARS is a lot of these SARS um, uh, officers, they're not in their right minds. A lot of them are highly intoxicated with different substances. It could be weed. Wow. It could be alcohol. Because a lot of them are alcoholics for sure. So while they're you know at their checkpoints waiting for people to come, they're getting high. They're, they're definitely smoking. They're drinking the alcohol. So when they come to you, sometimes it's, they, they are not in their right minds even. They're high. 
and people yeah. in America, weed is like a, <laughs> a big thing. In Nigeria, it's very accessible. You can grow it at the back of your house. <laughs> Nobody will bother you. Nobody would know. Like, because to them, oh, it's just grass. But that grass is something else. You know, it's, it, there's easy access to it. So you, you might not even know when they come up to your eyes. Because I, I remember vividly, there was this one day. We were on a bus. This guy walks, you know, one of the stars people walk into the bus. I'm, I, I was sitting by my mom. She always keeps me on the arm. <laughs> she kept me on the underarm. And this police guy passed. Mm-hmm. The, he's, first of all, the weapon he had was uncalled for. Because if that weapon would have gone off, oh, that would have been bad. And then his eyes were so red. Like, they were so red. He didn't look like he knew what he was doing. All he wanted was just money. Mm-hmm. And at that point, people were just dropping money in his hand. He, Madam, I see your bag. Money, they, they are bring money. You give them, they'll be like, bring more. So before you get to the market to go get what you're actually trying to get, a lot of your money is finished. Because people, people travel majority of time with mm. cash. Well, at least when I was growing up in Nigeria. Maybe now the system's a little bit, you know, more advanced. And people probably use more debit cards and credit cards or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then it was cash. People traded with cash. So you're traveling with, you know, this large sum of money for a purpose. But before you actually get to, you know, the location where you need to do what you need to do with the money, the money is probably shared in half. And a lot of times, for you know, to prevent being beaten up, abused, or killed, you just drop them if they start uh, you know abusing you too much you just give them the money because you rather you know keep your life and just just let it go it's it's sad it's it's really sad and again like i said like you know when i watch all this stuff in the news i mean i'm i'm appalled it's just disheartening i'm sad but i'm not surprised mm-hmm. i'm 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 really not and it's 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 a right. sad thing in it in, in of itself to say that something like this doesn't surprise me. But I've seen this in Nigeria way too many times. It, it's just now getting more international attention. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Do you, do you think that if they increase the salary oh. of the <laughs> police, no, um, no. of the stars officers, it would make things better? Because, because one of mm-hmm. the... I read that one of the five core demands that the protesters were demanding is that their salary be increased so that they are compensated properly for their work. And maybe that would they stop don't them from do any work, though, regular citizens, because apparently they get paid like 50 naira a month, which is okay. a, First of all, about $130 a month. <laughs> if they got to pay 50 naira a month, they'll definitely not be there because these people are standing in scorching hot sun. There's no way they're going to be there for 50 naira. No. Mm-hmm. They, they okay the pay might not be as great okay granted but the pay is not bad mm-hmm. and in, yeah yeah but my thing is oh, 50, that's not there. honestly that's not even their problem the pay is not the problem my thing is the wickedness is embedded in your hearts they all have a mm-hmm. motive they all have you know a, a sort of like an idea of what they mm-hmm. want to carry out for that day and that's what they're gonna do and another thing is like okay mm-hmm. increasing the pay Increasing the pace that compensated them for killing people's kids. It's not going to change the underlying issue. Right. The fact that these people are wicked and they're actually criminals themselves. Because they are criminals. Mm-hmm. Because people are saying that um, they are. They're severely they are. Because the government doesn't care about them. And that's why, and, and, and that's, okay, so 
like another another reason why I think they also you know go ahead and just do whatever they do when they're at their checkpoints is because like the government aren't really overseeing the police like like there's there's not that you know that mm. accountability it's just non-existent so some states the police unit are, are, they're not as bad but in certain states they're really really terrible people mm-hmm. you know yeah so like okay for example i grew up in, in uh in Potakot. They, they do have a couple of check um units or whatever checkpoints mm-hmm. if they stop you at most they just laugh laugh with you tap your head or whatever slap the, whoever they want to slap collect your money and ask you to go some of them will tell you to get off your vehicle sometimes they take your vehicle from you i don't even know if you can get the vehicle back they they can take your they can choose to take you know whatever sparkly jewelry you have on that looks attractive to them they just take it anything that seems appealing to them yeah anything that seems like it has monetary value and it's like in that moment like what are you gonna do anything okay and then when they take it tell you okay they go you know drive off walk away run away whatever you want to do but my thing is you're never gonna see them again (laughs) whatever they've taken from you is gone you can't go to anybody to report it because it's the same system if you come to report it be like i better get away from here you know, so it's like, right? They are to a militant me, group. It's looking like they're they a militant are. group. My, my. Mm-hmm. because they have mm-hmm. no yeah. accountability. There's nobody mm-hmm. watching mm-hmm. over them. They have these militant, yeah, military grade checks weapons, nobody and checks nobody them. checks them. And my thing, yes. And they just get, yep, and they just take it and do whatever they want to do. I know, like they said, when SARS started, um, it was like an undercover group, so they didn't wear uniforms. It'd just be like random people. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, right. They said that they were like plain clothes people. They didn't but have guess what? Though? That was tied guess what? The, the armed robbers that they were trying like to get rid of also dressed the same way. So sometimes when the when people stop you on the mm-hmm. road at quote at their quote unquote checkpoints, you don't know if the if those are the M brothers that are stopping you or if it's the quote unquote SARS people that are stopping you. So so that in the uh, beginning I know that created like a lot of confusion for people. Because even me, like growing up, I used to just wonder. Like sometimes some of them would stop you and they'd have the their whatever police uniform they wear in that city or that town or that state. But sometimes they'll stop you and they just have on regular, maybe like a dark blue shirt, some pants, whatever. And it, anybody could pick up that in a, in a store and put it on and just get a weapon and just stand in front of a, a whatever checkpoint and be like, oh, I'm this, I'm that. There's like no no order, no accountability, mm-hmm. no consequences put in place for, for people who do, you know, horrible things. It's It's absurd. Right. To say the least. Yeah, because I know that I see that one of the five core demands that the protesters are demanding is that they set up an independent body to oversee investigation and prosecution. Yeah, they need to make sure the independent bodies, though, are not criminals, too. Because that's. <laughs> right. Yeah, because that or happens a lot. Also yeah. Because you know, the thing is. Because that's also yes, exactly. Because they, yeah. they have all these. Always you know, pay somebody pe- oh, we, we can set up this, we can do that, da 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 da. But my thing is, who's implementing um, all these changes? Who's putting all these people in these places? Because if it's a corrupt person, he's going to bring in corrupt people also. 
to oversee these, you know, branches and these offices. Right. And then the corruption continues. It just keep maximizing. But the chain has to start from somewhere. The government have to support the civilians. If the government supports the civilians, then they can sort of counter the police. Because I mm-hmm. think to an extent, the government are probably scared of the police. I, I, I mean, if you think about it, because they don't, the government doesn't carry the same weapons that the, that the police do. The police are just heartless. <laughs> you know? That's pure it, comedy. Is, it's, it's crazy. It's a mess. But this has been going on for so long. And today, this is where we're still at. It, it, it just feels like we're still opening up chapter one. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then um, another one of the five core demands is that they created a new police act, which calls for <laughs> psychological evaluation and retraining um, all by independent bodies of all disbanded star officers before they can be redeployed to, I guess, um, the SWAT team. <laughs> Do you think these solutions no. are going to happen? Because I have a lot of skepticism from what I've read because they've tried five times. This is so funny to me. I know I'm laughing, but this, I I mean, again, the civilians can ask. We can have all these, you know, requests and whatnot. But until we have a government that really, really cares for us, there's not much that that can be done. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, that's yeah. The, the government doesn't issue. care. The, the government issue. doesn't care. The and the thing is, like I said before in the beginning, if the government cared when, if and because now the government are claiming that they're not part of SARS and they were not aware of the massacre that happened on the twentieth of October. My thing is, if the government cared enough when it happened, mm. something should have been said. The president right. should have said something. People in power, right? Because the thing is. Even after the massacre happened, there were there were a lot of unruly things happening, you know, in the background. The police were still killing people. And even though they're saying, mm-hmm. oh, 12 people were killed, da, 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 it was way more than that. They, like, way more people died. Way more people were injured. Of course. But, also, yes, heard that they were stopping yeah. ambulances from coming to see people that were yes, wounded. And they happen. were yep. also, they went yeah. to the hospitals to finish exactly. the job. Yep. And, like, shooting, shooting people, people shooting the, the healthcare providers. Too. Preventing the imagine being a healthcare provider, you're trying to operate on a, on a patient, and someone with a gun is telling you if you touch them, they're gonna kill you. What are you gonna do? The system is messed up, and until the government tries to do something about it, we're still gonna be in chapter one. We've and we've been stuck in in in, in chapter one for way too many years now. I mean, this this whole. Honestly, the whole idea of the SWAT unit scares me. <laughs> it really, it's just, it just scares me. It scares me because, like, I'm trying to understand, like, you have a problem. You haven't fixed that problem. You're trying to use another thing to cover that problem up. This is just going to be even worse. As they have a problem, which is SARS, you know. And instead of them fixing that that you know that unit and holding that unit accountable, because the thing is now they've they've you know picked up this new unit SWAT, mm-hmm. and they're just gonna rehire the same people. But the people who who did what they did, what you know, while working on the the SARS unit, haven't been prosecuted. There are right. no consequences for what they've done. So they're coming in as you know the new SWAT unit team or whatever, and they still have this this anger and rage. 
you know, in their head against the civilians. So it's going to be a continued process of just killing people unlawfully. And it's like, so who's going to train them? Exactly. And what type of training are they going to get? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because if they didn't do that for the previous four times that they, you know, brought this group back, Mm -hmm. I don't see anything changing. Yeah. Yeah. I I really, I feel like people are skeptic. I'm skeptical of what's going on. And Mm -hmm. I'll be skeptical too, because from previous, um, from history, they haven't really been successful at really disbanding this group. They haven't. Or really like putting an end to this. And to it, yeah. And then when they say they're disbanding the group, who's actually disbanding the group? That's the truth. You know, like, can we, can we see some sort of, you know, um, uh, I guess evidence that this is actually happening because they or said they tried in twenty. Yeah, they said they tried in 2017, 2018, 2019. They've also tried again. Then, mm-hmm. Because I heard that President, um, I read that President Goodluck Jonathan also tried. He put in, he was committing about a hundred um, plus million dollars into reforming the police and hmm. nothing, came, nothing came about that either. Again, we need to see some receipts. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. We need some receipts. Like, my, my thing is, I love, I'm Nigerian. I love my country so much. Of I really, course. really do. But there's, there, you know, they do more of talking than mm-hmm. implementing. We need to see these changes implemented. You know, the, the talking, the chatting is good, but we need to see things being done. We yeah. need to see changes you know, we we need to see these changes being made. That's right. the only and way. This because now they're asking, oh, civilians should calm down. Everybody stay at your house. Da, 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 da. They're implementing all these curfews and all this stuff. But my thing is, implementing these curfews because right now people are outraged. So mm-hmm. there's 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 no amount of curfews that's gonna make people stay at their homes when they, when they have all this anger built up inside of them. Right. And then the thing is, even at your home, they could come there and kill you too. Oh, so. Man nobody is really safe mm-hmm. well i was gonna say what do you think the future looks for nigerian mm-hmm. youth because the, the more than 40 percent of the country is people under 30 30 yeah that's a yeah. significant amount of power mm-hmm. this is the thing um i mean i'm very hopeful about our generation that's that's something that's that's one thing that sort of gives me a little bit of um like peace in a way mm-hmm. because i mean if if our generation weren't you know um quick to put all of this on blast and alert the the world about you know what's going on in Nigeria, we wouldn't know. So I mean, like even through social medias, we have all these um all these groups, all these organizations that are coming together to support people. Um, instead of just waiting for the Nigerian government to you know provide meals for people during you know the whole SARS movement, instead of waiting on the Nigerian government to make sure people are safe. Our youths are taking things, you know, matters into their own hands. Mm-hmm. And I like that. And I think, um, like, um, I was reading something and it says, um, you know, it's, it's, it's left to Africans also in the diaspora to, like, come in and help and show support in any way, yeah. form, or shape possible. And I think a lot of that has been done. So I'm, I'm honestly um, hopeful about the future of Nigeria just because, and like you mentioned, um, a, like, more than 70% of the population are youths. Um, and so more I, than, huh? 
more than 40 percent more than 40 percent sorry yeah what sorry more than 40 percent of the population <laughs> are on there are under the age of 33 <laughs> sorry i'm like mixing up in my head but i think like that alone makes me really hopeful because i see people who are fed up i see people who want to change and i see that mm-hmm. they're working towards that change now well yeah what... one thing i also really like mm-hmm. is that um it's like everybody came together mm-hmm. despite ethnic groups, yes. despite oh, religion. Yes. yes. It, it was a collective It was a collective unit. effort, yes. And it's so funny because um, mm-hmm. I was talking to someone about this the other day. Um, up until now, I was still yet to see something that brought all Nigerians together as one. Mm-hmm. Because the whole separation, you know, of like, you know, ethnic groups or whatever, everybody usually just tends to, oh, this is an evil people thing. This is a Yoruba people mm-hmm. thing. This is a Hausa people thing. So there's that. There's always been that separation. But like you said, even when you know, with um, a lot of videos that went viral, we saw the Christians doing their praise and worship on one side. We saw the Muslims doing their prayer on one side. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was just like wow. You know, so because of like like when I see things like that, it sort of gives me like a little bit of hope, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. we can we can move forward. You know. Yeah, and I think with the fact that there's such a big youth population, yes. they can really they can the make political yes. landscape. Yes. They can because they can really vote mm-hmm. out these well, leaders. Oh, well, I don't know about a vote because the votes in Nigeria work. <laughs> they they rig everything. So oh my! God. I don't know about that, but the old people are gonna die at some point, right? The old weekend people. <laughs> that's what I'm waiting yeah, to happen. So, to I feel like that's the only yeah. hope I have. And that's, that that's really what it is because old now? yes. Because I mean, we can people because like how you said the whole voting thing. Please, what is voting in Nigeria? In my head, the way things are set up in Nigeria, before the votes are even done, they already know who they want to win, and that's who's gonna win. So <laughs> I, that's and, and I don't know, but that's just how I see it. You know, so mm-hmm. if, you know we can rally all we want, we can do all the voting at the ballot stations and all this other stuff, but the country already knows who they want to put. Mm-hmm. So until until we start seeing, you know, these old people sort of move to the side a bit <laughs> and they give right. way. Now, but the only thing, man, I don't even know. This is just a lot. The only the only thing now in Nigeria though is because a lot of the houses are like um take up, you know, like government and stuff in Nigeria. So mm-hmm. when with that, you know, they sort of um give give their sort of like put their children after them it's like you know like a family thing in a way or like you know nepotism. yeah nepotism yeah they have like a group of people who they keep in power when this person's like, oh this person's gonna take over that person's gonna take over this person's friend is gonna take over you know this person's mm-hmm. son is gonna take over so it's like okay are they gonna actually give other people the chance to come in and like mm-hmm. impact change because i'm i'm waiting for an evil person to become a president Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm waiting <laughs> because we like money, but we but we know we're very kind-hearted people too, and we like to share. <laughs> you know, we like to share. We're not greedy. The one of the issues in Nigeria is the people who become um, whatever presidents, people who be, who go into government, are very greedy, and they don't they don't consider everybody else. You know, that they should just. I mean, for my evil people, put some evil people there, please. Let's see some change. <laughs> That's all I got to say on that. <laughs> all right. I mean, that's really good. And on that note, we will end there with some evil people in government positions. Okay? Yes. <laughs>
right. We'll just we'll end here for today. Okay. Um thank you so much, Kego, for coming. No problem. Thank you for having and joining me. Thank us. You. You're welcome. Do you have any final remarks? Um what I'm gonna say is to our youth, to our generation, there's a lot of change to be made. And we can do it. Um I'm so proud of the amount of people that I see stepping up um in you know every way that they can possible. Please go ahead and donate. Um, donate food, donate money, make your voice, you know, heard. Let people know that we're a generation for change because um, it's very imperative. And Judith, like you're doing right now, you have this great podcast. We're a generation for change. Make your voices known. Um, let people know that things cannot continue to be the same. Mm-hmm. You know, and we keep looking forward and hope that things get better. <laughs> Yes, definitely. I am by God's grace. Yes, I am hopeful. Yes, and on that note, we are praying for Nigeria. Yes, we are. Africa. Yes, yes. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Inkomo with Judith Amoa. Please let me know your thoughts on Instagram at Inkomo underscore podcast. Follow and subscribe to my podcast if you haven't done so already. It is available on all platforms, including Spotify, Anchor, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Tune in every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. for new episodes. Thank you all for listening, and I will see you all next week for another episode of En Como with Judith Amoa. Mm-hmm.